Hi, I'm Charisma O'Keefe. And I'm Angelica Yard. And we're the heart behind the Heart and Hustle podcast. Every Wednesday, we share a new episode with our listeners on topics that range from business and creativity to leadership and innovation. We also interview some of the best and brightest in the industry and spread our love of entrepreneurship all over the internet with our hashtag, BossSoHard. We're on a mission to help you find balance in your life, creativity in your career, and dollars in your bank account. So sit back, relax, and take notes while we show you how to dream big, work hard, and repeat. box for yourself? Seth Godin's All-MBA Workshop is an intensive leadership and management workshop designed for changemakers who have a fire in the belly. This is for people who are itching to level up and make a bigger impact. Four times a year, the workshop brings together two groups of 100 to 120 leaders curating the group to pick the right mix of people from different industries and areas of expertise. The end result, you're surrounded by other leaders who are moving to the top of their respective fields and helping support each other to become stronger cross-functional change agents. The workshop splits you up into groups every week so you're meeting a bunch of people you'd never otherwise meet. You're getting and giving feedback and seeing your blind spots in a whole new way. By working on 13 projects during the month, you're constantly pushing ahead and creating a body of work as proof. It's not about passively learning, it's about actively putting those concepts into practice until they become habit. The idea is to drink from the fire hose and rewire your brain to make new, better habits and to have the platform practice those habits. So who's been through all MBA? Over a thousand alumni. They include a mix of leaders, including product managers, naval naval commanders, lawyers, marketing directors, engineers, ophthalmologists, UX designers, filmmakers, and more. This group is half freelance, half folks at companies and startups like Slack, Tesla, Kickstarter, Charity Water, Microsoft, Nike, Trello, Kiva, Warby Parker, and more. If you're a leader and want to become even better, this is for you. There are no lectures, no videos. It's rolling your sleeves and working in groups with people who are equally into winning. It's an intensive, immersive four-week experience of drinking from the fire hose. Over a thousand plus people from 580 cities and 49 countries around the world have all done all MBA. Challenging? <laughs> yes, but our friends at Seth Godin's All MBA believe the rewards are so worth it. Ask any of their alumni. While most online courses barely approach a 7% completion rate, the All MBA has an astonishing 96% completion rate. Their alumni say they do it again in a heartbeat. The working world has changed. With the growth of the internet, there's never been more opportunities for you to level up. If you're looking for ways to have a bigger impact, the All-MBA could help you get there. The curriculum is entirely hands-on. More than 75% of your time is dedicated to shipping your work, practical projects that allow you to apply what you learn. So if you're tired of courses that you never finish videos or you've had them bookmarked, then put those aside and check out All-MBA as a different way to level up. So, they are now accepting applications for the upcoming session. To find out more, visit www.altmba.com backslash heart and hustle. So, that's www.altmba.com backslash heart and hustle. For special consideration, you can mention Heart and Hustle podcast in your application and tell them that we sent you. So, check out the episode and enjoy. Welcome back. Um, it is Tuesday today, and it's my anniversary, so I'm super excited. Can't believe I've been married for eight years. Ocho años. Yeah, it's it's like a little bit odd to be this young and be married for eight years. Say, you're married to literally, you're married longer than most people at this point. Maybe yeah. Not like... But most people in your age range. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, well, most of my friends are like, I feel like either just getting married right. or are just not married yet. I mean, really, like I have like a small handful that are married, but 
I feel I feel like in Orlando it's more of a mixed bag. I feel like some areas everyone's like married by a certain age, and then like you look at other areas and like no one is. Um, when my friend Lauren turned thirty, like none of her friends were married yet, and she was like the only person that was married. Whereas then like I have a friend that lives in Georgia, and everyone she knows is married, and she's like the only one that's right. not. So it's interesting how that works. Orlando's kind of like a mixed bag. Uh, some people get married early, some don't. But um, but yeah, normally we try to not be somewhere for our anniversary, but we are moving this week, so we have to be here. Um, but we're in the process of like, I want to plan a trip for fall. Even though I was like, I'm not going to travel during the year to ensure that I could be gone all summer. But I'm like, but fall. Because <laughs> fall isn't real here. You know what no. I'm saying? It's fake. It's 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 no. not real. Although I have hopes because the weather has been weird, so I'm like maybe it's very windy here, which is nice. Yeah, is it's like yeah. it's not been horrible. I can't even say like anything super bad about the the weather, minus like the fact that it seems like we're having a hurricane for a good like three hours every day. Um, but besides that, that's fine. Yeah, I accept it. It's for, it's fine. For it to be under ninety, I'll take that. Exa- exactly, really exactly. Like I asked. Um, uh, Siri what the weather was going to be like on the day that we move and Siri's like oh it's going to be horrible because it's going to be like a low 70 and there'll be like lots of storms and, and I'm like, like yeah I'm like below 70 like yeah I'm like all I gotta do is just make sure that my painting is moved when it's not raining right. everything else I'm like I could wipe it off it's no, fine. fine I'd rather be in rain than be dripping drenched sweat when I move That's so totally fine so I know we talked about um, Negroland last yeah. week, and I haven't finished it yet, but I do kind of have a funny story um, about the book. I was reading it at like Le Macaroon downtown, mm-hmm. and this white guy comes over, and he is like, what are you reading? And I'm, you know, like we live in a place where like, it's hard to explain because it's like, it's not like every single person here is racist or bigoted but there it's it's florida you know what i mean so while we're a blue dot like we're a blue dot in a red state and like the trump the whole trump yeah the whole trump situation (laughs) like we thought we were a certain amount of blue and then you drive through neighborhoods that you think are very like friendly towards you and then you see all these massive trump signs that like it's weird because like even before i hadn't seen like republican candidates like you know celebrated in that way whereas like all these people all of a sudden were coming out of the woodwork like trump trump so i'm like um it's a little bit disheartening um so yeah so he walks up to me and he's like oh what are what is that book and i was like i look at him and i'm like it's negro land by margo jefferson um and then he's like is it fiction or nonfiction?" and i'm like it's like nonfiction." And then he, like, proceeds to talk to me, and I'm like, I don't know what's happening. And then he asked me out. And it was so funny because I was so defensive. I just thought he was going to come up to me and be like, ma'am, you shouldn't be reading a book with Negro in the title in the center of, like, downtown. Because you know that that sounds like something that would happen here. Like, it really does sound like something that would happen here. So I thought it was really funny that I was super defensive and I thought that was going to happen. Instead, he, like, asked me out. I'm super awkward when people, like, hit on me, so I don't really know what's going on. So it's not too surprising. Um, but yeah, it was pretty hilarious. Um, I'm going to continue to read it in public and hold it up high, uh, just in case anybody wants to go. (laughs) But he was also, I found out he was an Italian New Yorker. So like, that's probably why he didn't have an issue with the title. Um, 
Sure. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you could see it happening here where somebody might, you know. But yeah, so far it's really good. I got distracted um, and haven't finished it yet because Melissa gave me a book um, to read called Everything Everything when I was over at her house. And I picked that up and like read it in a day because it was just a quick, like fun read. And with, you know, the politics and everything going on in Negroland and, and in the world, it was just like, oh, let Same me just take a, and it's funny because this, this is a, a book about everything. Everything is a book about a girl who like has a disease and basically can't go outside. What do they call it? Um, like, is it like the bubble boy no, they, like they type of thing? It, um, goodness, I was watching Younger and she like, they make a joke about this type of genre of young YA novels where it's like, is it ill-lit or something? Like, they talk about how, like, there's a whole... There, yeah. There totally is YA, there's a certain... Yeah, like, YA something's YA wrong with about, them like, that's, like, these, like, fault in like, our stars yeah, exactly. and, like, yes, 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 yes. You know, ill people who have, like, these, you know, tragic... Yeah, and what's funny like is there. that story was more lighthearted than what I've been reading. I'm yeah. like, it's really bad when a story about a, a, story a, a 18-year-old, 17-year-old has like a degree. Yes, Amandala. And that's why I wanted to read it because I, I love Amandala. Like, I love her in Hunger Games and I just love like all the activism that she does and like just how she's handled the life that has been very complicated that she's uh, been she's living. Um, yeah, she's, yeah, she's just, you know, she's life. one that we can be so proud of basically. And, um, yeah, so I was just like, I really want to see the movie with her in it. And my, like, my little mini-me, Kaylee, um, has been, like, wanting me to see it. And she read the book. So I was like, okay, let me go ahead and read this so I can talk to her about it and support Amanda go see the movie. So it was a good book. It's definitely, like, the type you can read, like, in a day or two and enjoy it. And it was actually different than what, like, totally different ending than what I thought, which was nice. Because I feel like most YA books, you pick them up and you're like... You're, they're enjoyable, but you're also just Everybody like, I literally know everything that's going to happen. <laughs> like, you're like, I know everything that's going to happen before it happens. With this, I was actually pretty surprised. So, it was good. That is fantastic. So, we are moving into our topic this week, which is a little, it's not super heavy, but it's just a thought that I think isn't on people's minds all the time. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of people do think about this all yeah. the time. Yeah. I think it's of it like imposter publicly. syndrome, yeah. like when people think about that often, but don't necessarily share that they're thinking about it. Right. I think that people think about this, but are like afraid to talk about it. Which is fair. I mean, I get it that the rainbow and social media, we were having a conversation about this on Sunday, 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 Saturday afternoon um, with my friends about how people don't want your heavy. Mm-hmm. They just want like, what they can handle and yes. what seems really good for them, but they're not going to go into like hearing about your heaviest stuff unless it's somebody who's like a, you know, real friend or whatever. So this is one of those things. So we're going to talk about like what to do when you don't want to be in business anymore or you, you feel like yeah. you don't want to own your own business anymore and it's just overwhelming. It's, there's so many things that could attribute to you. Yeah, there's, to I think there's a lot of, this is bad. It could be like outside yeah. business. There, there could be a lot of things. It could be maybe your structure of your family has changed. Um, maybe like insurance, insurance is a concern for you, for you. Yeah. Politics. Um, maybe you just feel like tired. Maybe you feel like you're not working to the best of your ability and that you maybe, maybe you had a job in the past and you're thinking about how that was and you're thinking, wow, I was able to use A, B and C more when I was at said job. Um, so there's, there's so many different reasons. And a lot of them I think depend on a, what you do for a living, like what your business is and then B, um, just what your personal needs are in life and uh, where you're at in life. Um, so I think that like the first step when you're kind of feeling this way is to really just be open and honest and talk about it. Cause I think that that's 
the the main issue is that people aren't really talking about it. I think that there's this push to always be like, I love being a business owner and every day I wake up and I do what I love doing and, you know, life is perfect and it's so good and hashtag blessed. Um, and it is hashtag humble brag. <laughs> and it is, I think it is amazing that we can own businesses and I am really thankful for it. And I do feel like I am lucky to get to do what I love for a living. And it's not all like sunshine and roses, which we talk about on here all the time because we talk about so many things that can go wrong in business. Um, but I feel like a lot of people are, are afraid to really have those conversations. So I think that talking to friends and family who not only just understand like your business, but understand you, I think right. that that's important. Um, and understand like what you're struggling with and that way you're making sure it's not just like a bad day or like a series of bad days. Cause a bad client, cause I've had clients before that made me be like, this is the wrong career for me. I need to just put it all away, like go back to school, go get a regular job. Like I'm done this, like I can't do it. And then like, I'll have another client after that. And it's like, okay, everything's fine. Yeah. 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 And there's, I mean, there's bad people in the world and there's people that are difficult to deal with. You're going to deal with them in business, but you're also going to deal with them no matter where you work. I'm going to say in a regular job, you're going to have coworkers that are terrible managers that are terrible um you know just situations possibly still clients yeah that are terrible (laughs) or customers that are terrible exactly so um, it definitely is important for you to understand and when we say talk to your friends and family and versus kind of talking to somebody who's more of an associate because those people know your personality Mm -hmm. and they know your ups and downs and how you are and what may be happening around you that may affect your decision or your decision making process or the reason why you're ranting and it may just again like just be one of those things or this could be the person that's like okay let me get real with you you've been saying this every day for the past like you know 90 days this probably is real and you yeah i should look at switching something up so let's say like for me like this is a conversation i'll have with john like every few years when like something goes wrong and i like either have a difficult client or maybe like i've had like a bad like three months business wise and i'm not getting a lot of clients or whatever but it'll, it'll occur like every few years or whatever and when it happens i freak out and i'm like oh my god i'm failing like everything's horrible and i'll cry and be really over the top but like he knows me and he knows like business like i'm not thinking about all the other times when right. business is fantastic and i love it and it's amazing and so he'll have to remind me like right now yeah, this, this does suck. But like, just like any other regular job, you would go through periods that aren't the best. Um, whereas on the flip side, he doesn't necessarily love his job and which is a nine to five, but, um, he has been saying he doesn't like it consistently for a long time. And so therefore I'm like, okay, you can kind of like, it makes sense for you to look for positions outside of that because it's been so consistent. Whereas like for me, it's just every few years when I freak out and then I'm just like, ah, or again, for me, it's, when I get a client that is just really, 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 really difficult, and I will admit that sometimes, like, it's kind of like a blessing and a curse to see, like, or want to see the best in people, because I'm not even sure I see anything. Yeah. I just think I want to see something, because I got an inquiry, and I was sitting with Melissa, we were co-working, and, like, I'm telling her about it, and she's like, do you see the red flags there? And I'm like, yeah, this is a red flag. This is a red flag. And this is a red flag. And she's like, great. You see them. So don't take it. I'm yeah, like, exactly. but, no, and she's like, no. no. <laughs> yeah. Literally. I was right now and somebody was talking about a client referred to them. I mean, they did like a, their survey or whatever. 
And in the link's description, you're like, I want a design that represents me, and that is a red flag for me. I will not take a client that sends me anything that says represents me. I don't want to work with you because you have no idea what you're talking about. You don't. You don't. You think you know, and you have no idea, and you're not ready to do the deep work that's required to actually look outside of yourself and actually look what's good for your company versus what's good for you. Like, if you want to work with somebody that's, that's into making you feel good, totally work with those people I can't do it because most of the time you aren't great for your business yeah to be fair a lot of people can't grow because they're so caught up in themselves and what they feel like their business should feel like or they think their industry wants because they're so different and I'm so quirky and I'm so awesome and it's like no you're not (laughs) you're not at all you're not any different there are 15 people with the same ideas and there are 15 people who are you willing to do the work to make your business better and we're not in the business of just designing pretty things we're in the business of designing effective things that are actually, you know, accessible and all these other things. So they're just like, uh, you know, like you said, those are red flags. And since you understand them, you know to walk away from them. Yeah. um, I'm very much, I I don't think I've been in that place yet. I could obviously be in that place, but to this date, in the, you know, 10 plus years that I've been doing business for myself, I've never felt like I didn't want to be in business. I just have done different things. And it's just easy for me to, to switch up and say, okay, well... I'm when you were, like, on. when you were, like, doing both, did you feel like... Like, when you had, like, a regular job and you are running your business, did you feel like you knew for sure yeah, you wanted I know, to be full-time, I knew, I, right? I knew I was yeah. I going to go into it full-time when I started doing it on the side in high school. And I think, like, one of the yeah. things for me is, like, I've never really had, like, a regular job. Yeah. Um, and so I always wonder, like, would that be... Like, would I like sitting in an office? But then I'm, like, I remember, like, what it's like when I have to see someone <laughs> during the day and I don't want to and how, like, that's just the yeah, whole thing for me. So I'm, like, yeah, probably not. Like, I, I really do work well, like, either being completely alone because I'm introverted or like if I'm with one or two friends co-working that's a really great like system for me as opposed to like working in an office with I I I don't know that's just like a lot going on I think it'd be I'd be like can everyone please be quiet like I'm also one of those people that if I hear something I type it so even if I'm thinking about something else whatever words I hear I type them so I'm like yeah I wouldn't be able to work in an office because whatever conversations people are having around me is what I would write out so it would not make any sense um, <laughs> but I haven't worked in a situation where I worked around people in a really long time because I yeah, have my own office. Yeah, it's been so and long. I didn't have coworkers, so like I just worked by myself, so it's me in the ass. So the second thing is figuring out your why. So a lot of people talk about figuring out what your why when you go into business. Like, what is it that motivates you? What is it that pushes you, you know, to be an entrepreneur right. and to make it through your day? What so, makes you be crazy? Exactly. Because being an entrepreneur is crazy. What makes you make these crazy decisions? So it's that same this? thing as, like, what is your why as far as, like, why you want to leave? Why is it right. that important to you? Why is it something that keeps coming up? Why is it a recurring theme in your life? Um, and it, it should be a little bit more multifaceted than just one area. Um, right. I, I'm not going to discredit like things like insurance and things like that. Yeah, like so that's, that's really, obviously that's very important, but if let's say that like you're in a position where you're like, okay, but this insurance and I have a family and, and you know, it's not, it's not working. Is there a way to make more money with your business? Is there a way to scale things and do projects differently and price yourself differently before you're giving up necessarily having a business right. because of one area? Or what is the easiest thing? Um, you know, could you get a, a part-time work or could you get exactly? A if it's like an income issue, right. can you do something part-time while you are Build building up that income yeah, exactly. in your business? Um, 
if you're like I miss working with people, can you co-work? Yeah, can you, you afford to co-work? Yeah, can you or even do it for free? Space. Just like going to because I mean, like I co-work with Melissa a lot just by going to her place. Because for me, I like to work in different spots. Um, I don't like to work in the same place every day. I don't really know why. Uh, but I also like most of those spots to be quiet. So you run out of places pretty quickly. And I don't, really I don't, quickly. yeah, I'm like, I don't really want to go pay for co-working at the moment because there's not anything nearby that I feel like is worth the money. Um, everything that's great is like downtown Orlando and it's just a little bit of a hike. Not super bad, but, uh, but yeah, so like I'll go to different friends' houses and co-work, you know, go to different coffee shops. So it's like, can you do that? So what ways can you solve that problem if if it's something that's just a one problem thing. Now, if it's multifaceted and it's a situation where you're like, I'm not making enough money, I'm burned out, I'm you know not loving the insurance situation, I'm not loving what I'm doing anymore, I haven't enjoyed my last like five clients. Right. Like if it's something like that, you know, those are things, those are whys that are piling up to be one bigger why, basically. Yeah, I totally agree. Well, and what goes into that is weighing the pros and cons, and I think I'm a huge believer in weighing the pros and cons list, and I think everybody mm-hmm. should, if you're making a major decision, should always write down what the pros and cons are. And it's not just based on the number of pros outweighing the cons or the cons outweighing the pros. It's just for Absolutely. you to get a visual idea of what the things that are bothering you I think a lot of people make that, that mistake when making yeah. pros and cons lists where they're like, oh, well, I have 10 cons and so, I have five yeah. pros. Okay, but... You can't weigh yeah, each what thing. Yeah, exactly. What is the weight yeah. of each thing individually versus exactly. what is the total amount mm-hmm. you know, in that space? So I may have five cons, but those cons may be very lighthearted compared to the amount of pros that I have that it might be super heavy and like, oh, they give me joy, they inspire me, versus my cons may be, well, I hate the internet. You know, it's some stupid thing. Yeah. Like my internet's slow or something dumb like that. So you just have to really figure out what works for you. And again, that goes back to you understanding your personality and we always are a big believer of going to take your, you know, um, personality test and figuring out what type of personality you are, your love language. And we talked about that last week. Cause those things all go into what is comfortable for you in terms of setting your career goals. Yeah. Cause I feel like, you know, like a, a con for, you know, me not want like with owning my own business would be like, you know, I'm trying to, I know I have a ton of cons all of a sudden. I can, oh, like that sometimes I'll have a client that is a little bit, over the top and challenging. Um, but like a pro would be that like, you can't even weigh them against each other. A pro would be that I feel creatively and mentally fulfilled and you can't really weigh like a few bad apples against like feeling as if you've met your calling in your life. So those, like, even if I listed both of those, they don't like cancel each other out because it's, you know, one is a lot more important than the other. So really getting into that pro and con list, like, you know, seeing what, actually the weight of each thing is and and thinking them out and writing them out discussing them saying them out loud all those good things pros and cons list they can be messy that doesn't have to you right. don't have to you try have to find to, 10 and 10 things and over on each side do the work with yourself and i think that's a part of being an adult and i think we run from so many things and responsibilities in terms of our lives and just heavy stuff but there comes a time in your life where you have to do that work and you have to be honest with yourself and you cannot rely on other people to do that work for you so just be prepared to do it. It's going to be difficult and just do it. It's done. Yeah. So just like when you're going into business um, and if you, you know, are thorough, then you're going to probably talk to people who own businesses. Um, and hopefully, hopefully like it normally starts out like maybe you know someone personally who owns a business maybe it's not even the exact same business that you are going to have but you reach out to them maybe buy them a cup of coffee and you know talk to them about that and then as time goes on you will probably 
see people that own a similar business to what you do and maybe you will hire them for like some consulting services to, you know, have them talk you through like what their day is like in that particular field that you want to be in owning a business and what they do and what their practices are and et cetera. So once you've talked to a few business owners, then you probably feel confident knowing, you know what, I think this is the right fit for me. I'm going to make this plunge. I'm going to go into business. Now, when leaving business, I feel like it's a very, you can make, take a very similar track to saying, okay, how do I talk to somebody who has done this before? Cause there are many, many, many people. What are the statistics on like how many businesses fail? Like, oh, I think it's like what, seven yeah. 80%, 80%, I'm sorry I'm treating you like a statistics machine, but you um, normally know. Yeah. So I was just like, no, that's why I was like, I didn't mean to put you on the spot, but you normally like know. So yeah, exactly. You, I know. I knew you'd know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's really, really high. I was going to say a little over half, but that's marriage. Yeah. So yeah, so it's, you know, a large majority of businesses um, do not work out. And there's a, a tons of different reasons why. I think that somebody, a lot of people think like, oh, a business failed. It means that like the person failed or whatever. No, that person could have decided, you know what? I, I have something that I think is a better path for me in my life. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's, it's not necessarily like a fail failing situation. Um, so I think that it's important to talk to some people who have made that decision, um, to go from being a business owner to being employed, uh, by somebody again and seeing what steps they took and, you know, talking to them about how, like, you don't want someone that just did it. You want somebody that has maybe been a few months, a few years out from doing it and how they feel about it. Looking back, what steps they took to make that transition easy. Do they regret it? Do they have any regrets? I think that having those conversations are very, very important. Definitely co-sign all of the above. You should always, and my additional add-on would be try to find someone who's kind of like-minded, mm-hmm. so they're similar to you, so you, your experiences will be similar in the way that you approach things, versus someone who's like very easygoing, and it's easy to go in, but you're not as easygoing, you probably don't want to talk to that person about their experience, because their experience would be drastically different. So I'm trying to talk to people who have very similar personalities than you. And the last thing that we could suggest that you do is um, maybe test the waters before jumping all the way in. We've said this 9,000 times before. There are several different things you can do mm-hmm. that's sort of like going into having a full-time job without having a full-time job. You could drive Uber. You could deliver food. You could literally get a contract position with a remote company. Yeah, say, I think that's a time. really good one, especially like if you, depending on what you're doing, because like if you're going into like an office job right. or whatever, you want to try to do something kind of similar. And yeah. there's so many like, um, what is the word I'm looking for? Like temp agencies and, and yeah. that sort of thing. Or like you said, contractors who you can work there for a short amount of time before you just completely shut your business down. Maybe you take on a few less clients and kind of work your way down. Yeah, and then you when you have a few months, that yeah, then go over. ahead and see if you can try something on a trial basis before you jump all the way in. Because I mean, honestly, some of us, I think like have been out of the quote unquote normal job game for such a long time that if we were going to like all jumped back in tomorrow, it would be like chaos. I I just, I don't know. I feel like it'd be chaotic. God bless (laughs) like people who would have to work with the crazy people who have to go back into an office with normal humans. Yeah. Like I, I feel like I'm like at this point, I definitely am at a point in life where when I am not feeling it. I'm just like, well, I'll start work at, you know, nine instead of like seven 30 or what, like my schedule changes like every day. And I'm just used to being able to do that all the time. And I don't know what, like, like just being at a place every single morning at a certain time, like 
God bless those people. They are amazing. I definitely think the easiest way for anybody that's working for themselves full time is just to get a remote position. Like, yeah. I just feel like that's yeah. probably what. Well, and I was going to say, like, I think that, like, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, a lot of us would be able to get to the place on time. But my question is, would we do our best work? And I, I personally don't think unless like I'm just one of those people that I'm like, I need the stars to align and all this nonsense. Like for me, like I, there's just a lot that I need to go into like my personal working space that works well for me. And quiet is a big part of that. Um, not having, cause I'm so introverted and like other people steal so much of my energy all the time. I just feel like everybody's just like, ah, I'm taking all your energy. So I'm like being in a room full of tons of people, like that is not going to work for me for like performing the best I can for me, like being alone or just being around like a few people is going to really be where I put out my best work. So yeah, for me, it'd be like, I need to be remote if I was going back into, you know, the regular working world full time. And there's so many remote positions out there too. And I think so that that's, so yeah, that's like a good segue. Like if you're thinking you, you might miss an office setting, but you're not hundred percent sure it's like you could start out with a remote position or like there's so many companies now that will allow you to do like come into the office and a do a few days, days remote. Right. Yeah. Like my cousin works for PayPal and he um, started out like encoding over there and then like worked his way up and he's like basically manages uh, like a team of um, coders or whatever and basically he used to be in the office every day and now he's in just kind of when he feels like it um normally like two to three times a week like he'll be there for most of the day but he also has an office at home so he just kind of goes back and forth with what works best for him and his family and whatever and it's perfect because he has young children and everything else um so he kind of gets like the best of both worlds there he does like working with people so he gets to go in and work with those right. teams but right. then he also gets to you know come home and kind of like work in a more like secluded environment so you know if you like some people i i think of nick nick loves to work with people more than all of us <laughs> combined he could be around people Beautiful. all day and so someone like him having to stay home would be like not fun um so yeah some people are like yeah i miss an office environment i want to be around people i think a lot obviously a lot of people listening to this are probably going to be a little bit more on the introverted side um but you know there's a lot of people that go into business that miss that aspect of it so people like that my friend erica who lives in town is like that um so she goes to literally every networking event in town and then she can tell me all about it because i no longer have the interest in going because i'm so busy <laughs> so she'll be like oh i was at this or you know her and david go to a lot of similar events and then they come back and they tell me about it and you're like, like cool story bro i'm so proud of you because i had no time like i literally have no time anymore when i have time i would love to but not anymore right now specifically so but yeah, so um, just if you can, if you can test the waters, it's really a good idea because it is just as going into business is this huge change, this huge, you know, life altering situation. Um, leaving your business behind is the same because like the worst thing would be for you to feel that regret and then have to kind of be in that position where you have to build it all up from yeah. ground zero again. Yeah, I mean, like it's not the worst thing. I, depending on who you are to me i'd just be like oh well that didn't work i'm gonna go back and open my business again but I also, yeah but it's like i would hate to see somebody have to you know yeah it, it hurts you on an emotional level yeah to to go back i would hate to see someone thing. just have to go through all of yeah. you know the building again so it's just like make sure that you take your time and, and you, always you know keep a door open and all and that's mm -hmm. just for people who start their own businesses as well like i always have a door open if i need to get a job i could, I could easily get a job 
Yeah. Just because keep the door open both ways. Both ways at all times. Um, so if you're leaving your business, you just always have a door open so that if you slide back in that industry um, really quickly, it's easy to just jump back in and then get your own stuff running. So that is our advice for what you what to do when you think you don't want to be in business anymore or even if you know you don't want to be in business anymore. Just still take your steps because it's important to do proper closeout and everything in life. So we have some listener questions. Um, This is such a good one. Number one, how do you feel about using curse words in your branding narrative? I feel like this is such a saucy topic. Yeah, I'm like, oh man, I'm starting to think about it now. I'm like, we might offend people. Um, But I don't feel like they're not like super awful. Like, okay, for me personally, uh, in my business stuff, I generally just don't just because it's it's business and that's just the way I am with my business doesn't mean that I would not because I'm I'm like super offended or I'm worried about offending people. I just, I am so like, I'm so, so much of a like, I guess, traditional writer in the sense that Mm -hmm. I use like proper grammar and da 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 and whatever. And that's Mm -hmm. just not what was taught in grammar class when I was yeah. an old person walking up the snow both ways to yeah. get to school. But it has nothing to do with the fact that I, I really enjoy foul words and foul language and I'm a terrible human being and I love all of it. And I wouldn't judge anybody else's business um, based off it personally. I, I've never seen anyone I'm like, oh, I'm just so offended by their use of Yeah. I was just like, you know, you know, offensive words, like, you know, calling people derogatory terms. Yeah, absolutely. Then I'd be That's like, oh, different. no, like, as a freaking, those to me are worse than, like, saying Oh, absolutely, words. yeah, like, yeah. way more offensive to me. Like, if you call people, like, a racial slur, then you're, to me, That's, you're dead. Yeah. Instagram stories have mm-hmm. actually exposed so many people to mm-hmm. me who use words that are not okay, and I'm like, I don't have the time to educate you because it's not my job. Yeah. You don't you should know better than to use these words, and I just literally unfollow, and they're dead to me. Hmm. Man, I can't. Mm-mm. No, no. So None of those words. I'm not okay with yeah, those no. words. Same or same or, or even, like, calling other people certain words. Yeah. Um, I don't know. For me, I think that it depends on where I am in my... Like, for someone else, I'm like, I just think it depends on your brand, right. particularly. Like, what your particular brand is. I think some people... I, I've never seen it. It's offended me. I have seen some people that have done it, and I've rolled my eyes. Oh, yeah. Because well, there's some people that seem hard, like they're doing it to, tr- they're trying so hard, and I'm like, um, girl. Anyway. But there are people who I know who just shouldn't. Yeah, there's some people that do it because it's like you can, it, their brand still feels very authentic, and it yeah. feels like a part of their brand. There's some people that do it, and it's just like, look at me, I'm edgy. So, to me, I would be like, if you, if that is really true, truly who you are, um, and that's, that's like, you know, authentic to your particular brand, then I'm like, go all for it. For me particularly, like, Kind of like echoing what you said, you know, like I'm a writer, like it's just, it's not something that normally generally comes out when I write. So you won't really see it anywhere written for me. However, I will say that I dropped an F-bomb, like I want to say like on our second podcast or something, which is funny because we have like... Yeah, we have like a clean like ratings thing, but oh, okay. I I guess I shouldn't be telling you. Don't you didn't listen to any of this, (laughs) but it was only that one time. But I mean, it's just because I was getting used to. Because when I talk to you normally, like I will be like, I wish a mm, what like you know like yeah. We when we talk normally, it's different than when we talk here, and so because sometimes when we talk here, I forget which conversations we actually had. Like sometimes yeah. I leave on two on, and I'm thinking like later on Tuesday, I'm like, uh Oh, did I tell her that on the podcast? Or I hope I just told her that like when we were just talking, the two of us, <laughs> yeah, because it's just, we get so comfortable, you know, know you mean. 
Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I personally don't care. I just, like, I... But yeah, for me, when it's written, like I like, I don't mind if it's authentic to your brand. Just don't come off in a way that you're. It just seems like it's just you're trying hard. Just, just to, like, don't do it just to be edgy. You don't need yeah. to do it. I you can, know. But I will say, when people are super offended, I literally am like, but why? Yeah. What does that have to do with you? Like, who cares? They're they're not words that are hurting people. The words that are actually hurting people, you have no like. They're not offended by those words. Like, yeah. Like, oh, exactly. Not use the R word anymore, or why can't I call you know this you know you know this. When people for, use the R word, I like physically words, like and just words. like oh, I have people what who are like, why can't I say those words? You. But if somebody says MF, they're like, oh, I, I that's a terrible word, girl. Girl, what are you doing with your life? Figure out, you know, don't use slurs. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, like, I don't know. I think if you want to drop an F-bomb, that's oh, fine. Um, just... No, because, I mean, we've recommended if... books that have slur words. In oh, yeah, that like, book that I recommended that's, like, it, yeah, literally right in the title. Um, yeah, so... I think, it's, I think it's fine. It's just, you know, at the end of the day, I think that no matter what, just be true to your brand. Yeah, and also you know? for the people... Know your are, brand. Like, oh, be true to it. I don't know why your child is listening to yeah, what adults talk about. What? Why? <laughs> like, I, I mean, your no child idea. is never here when we record. I have no idea. You know? It's crazy. I'm trying to think in a way in which I would be like, oh, my child is doing this and now I'm offended because somebody, but if it's not for children, I don't know why I would ever be offended. Yeah, not, absolutely. Like, ever puts out stuff that's like, this is for your whole family to enjoy. I don't, I don't know. I never think about that, but I knew, I know a lot of people who get like, offended if they're listening to things or people who listen to things like my favorite murder with their kids oh my and I'm like, gosh I don't know how, what like, not that i care that about my child not knowing like she should be you know stay sexy don't get murdered she should know those things but also all the other things that are like very graphic i don't know why you, you're yeah two-year-old when you listen to that so i don't know like in general like there is a time and a place and like when your kids are in the car or whatever like it's maybe put on something for them i don't know i'm not a parent so i'm not gonna get too far into Girl, it but i'm just, just gonna say yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, if you can't figure it out, nothing. No sound. <laughs> no sound. No sound. Oh my goodness. How do you set your pricing, and how do you know when it's time to raise your rates? This is um, like I talked about. I think two episodes ago about Chris Doe going in and fixing Melinda. I forget her last name's life. I'll put another link to the show notes because he's literally. They had an episode I think that week about her wanting to. She was like, "I'm just so mad because my peers charge eighteen thousand dollars for a logo." And I can't get away with that pricing. And he kind of goes in and breaks it down as, as to why she, like, why can't you, A? Mm-hmm. You can. <laughs> like, if you if your work is good, is your work $18,000 work? And she's like, I think so. Then you can't. <laughs> like, let me talk to you about how you do that. And so it's a really good episode. So I'll put a link in that because it's awesome. But setting your pricing is so different depending on what industry you're in. There's yeah. You Let's live. say there's a lot of great guides, like, depending on right. industry. And, factory, and definitely, like you said, where you live, yeah. that's big. Yeah, like, how much do you want to make? That's... Right. To me, like, the biggest thing is when I went into it, I was like, well, how much do I need to make to live the life I want to live and also pay my bills? Um, So that first and foremost was the most important part. And then it's like... How many of those, like, um, you know, extra items could you live without? Yes. And yeah. If, if you don't make and be that comfortable amount, still. what can you make yeah. and still be comfortable and live your life and your best life, so to speak? Um, so there are so many different things. Um, I know uh, Adam Lehman of the Wonder Jam tweeted a couple of weeks ago about, like, if you, like, he's like, designers for some reason are so, like, afraid of being, like, I, I need to make $100,000. He's like, but, like, $100,000 is literally after taxes, you take home $70,000. When you make $70,000 after taxes, you take home 
$40,000. Yeah. <laughs> just, just the reality. You're not making as much money. So having a goal of making $100,000 is not actually a bad goal because you're not making $100,000. You're still paying more in taxes and you really will just be making oh, the taxes. actual salary of what you would make. You know what I mean? Like it's just certain things. Because people are afraid to talk about money and I totally get it. And that's something I really liked about um, their episode of the Wonder Jam cast with Daniel Evans is they talked about like you need money to pay your bills. Like why are we yeah, all you... to be like, Well, that's I the thing money. is like if, if you money, if like, you have a job that's a nine to five, like you're going to go in every so often to your boss and you're going to be like, hi, I'd like but a people raise. Don't. People don't. I think that's what it is. Really? Like, do they not? Because I know I would be and doing that. women especially do not ask for raises because if you're taught that money is such a taboo subject and you should be thankful to even have a job in this economy. And I love that this season of Insecure is going to be going into Molly. Yes. Going about, because she just found out in the first episode that yes. she makes way less than her male co-worker. That's yeah. Good topic like to, that that to discuss whole, on like, there. This is totally going to, you know, from a black woman's point of view, being in the same industry as a white man. So yeah. At the same time, and her going on this journey to figure out how she can bring this up to her boss. So See, I think it's totally. I grew up without money, so I talk about it all the time. I like, think, oh, I think it's also that's. What, I'm like, I, I need to make sure I have it. That, like, none of, like I didn't grow up with money. Yeah. So, like, so, like, like my, I'm not saying my like my mom would talk about it, but it would be like in a bad way. Like, like I, I spent it all. <laughs> yeah, my mom like she has such a like a what do they call it like a a hole like a burn like money burns a hole oh, in her pocket. Yeah, like she like just she'll get like she she's always made decent money and always spent it um and of course raising three kids on your own that's you know it's gonna be a tight budget but you know i talk about money all the time and with john like even if everything is going well i just still talk like i show him our budget like i make a meticulous budget every single month and i'm like let's go through all all our budget and it's like it's the same kind of thing every month to be honest because it's like we don't vary that much in our spending, um, but I still just want to go over it at all times, and I just, I love to talk about money because I like to know that it's in my bank account, and I have it, and I haven't run out of it. Those are all important topics for me, so I talk about it a lot. So yeah. for me, it's like, with my pricing, like, uh, that's how I went into it. Yeah. It was like, how much do I, I need, need to make to survive, and, and how much can I make in this area, exactly. and with my, like, level expertise. Of expertise. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah. second thing is, what is your level of expertise? Where are you? Could you look at the salaries of someone in the industry that you're in, and what that compares to into a cost of living? Wage? Yeah. Because I think a lot of people sometimes look at the salary of the people that they're into or the people that they admire. So, for instance, like a junior designer in Central Florida, this is not everywhere else, mm-hmm. though I'm sure they make a lot more money, um, would make somewhere around like 25 to maybe $40. And that's like being really generous, $40 an hour. So, if someone's starting a business, most of the time they're like, oh, well, you know what sounds really good? $40 an hour sounds great because it's the high end of my junior designer rate, so I'm going to charge that. Well, when you actually do your cost of living and your bills and your expenses and all this other stuff, the taxes that you have to pay on that, supposed to be 40% mm-hmm. of that taxes. So now you're paying, you're making $20 an hour. On top of that, you yeah. have to pay for your computer costs, your software costs on your own, your, your company's not paying for those things anymore. All of that cell phone time, that data, all that stuff comes out. So now you're only making like, what, maybe 5 to 3 to $5 an hour. Yeah. So those are the things. It's like you got to do the math when you're doing your pricing. As far as. It's fine if you don't know, but it's just important to know that. As far as like when to raise your your rates, um, to me, I think that if you are in business, uh, you should constantly be growing, constantly be improving. I think that that's what we all want to do in life is just constantly be getting better at the things that we do every day. Um, And if you're doing something every day, then by nature, you should be continuing to get better at it because practice. 
practice doesn't make perfect because perfect doesn't exist, but practice makes better. Um, so I think that, you know, just gradually, like, I think that they, I don't want to say they should always be raising as in like every day, but I'm like, you know, depending on your industry, how much work you're taking on, possibly every season, if not certainly every year, um, but, or twice a year, but definitely I think it should be, you should constantly be thinking about like, okay, I, I think our next raise in rates is going to be X amount of money. I'm going to like see what, how that is doing in the market and kind of like prepare my clients for that. And I think that, I mean, we've talked about before, like preparing your clients for that and letting them know, like, you know, if you come to me and work with me now in five years, it's not going to be the same price. So just, you know, keep that in mind. Definitely. Um, if you want to scale your business, that should be another reason for you to know how to raise your rates so that you can afford to do that. And I think we, um, that was the conversation I was talking about online about people hiring people and not being able to pay them. <laughs> and that happens a lot. Um, freelancers, spoiler alert, live mostly by the, the payments that they get from their clients or from the people that they're contracting with. So if you are contracting someone as a VA, if you're contracting them as a developer, if you're contracting them as a designer or whatever the case may be, and you miss your invoice to pay them, mm-hmm. you are putting them at risk of losing their house, losing their apartment, losing their car, losing their cell, whatever they get their lights may be turned off because they are literally depending most of the time on those payments. Yes, and yeah, you should have six months, blah, 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 blah. But some people don't, or some people did, and now they have 10 clients that didn't pay exactly. them one time, and they've blew, blown through that six months on the side because all of their, you know, there's so many different things. So just do your due diligence as a person. If you're going to hire someone, pay them. That's just like a, just a general nice thing to do. Um, yeah. So the last question is, if you could choose to work a regular nine to five, uh, or I'm assuming that they also mean if you had to choose, yeah. because I don't think I would choose, or, or it's not that I can't, I can choose it, I just don't. Um, but yeah, <laughs> if you could choose to work a regular nine to five, what job would you have? Or if you had to work a regular nine to five, what job would you have? I did not look at this question beforehand. <laughs> I didn't, or I didn't think about it. I saw, I just didn't really, I was like, yeah, I was like, this question yeah, came from fine. a totally different topic. So now um, it fits in so well. Look at the magic. That yeah, the magic. Um, that's hard. And I will say this, there are definitely other careers that I, I, I mean, there's definitely other careers that I look at um, that I think are awesome and I would want to do outside of being an entrepreneur. And none of them are like nine to fives, like right. for the most part. Well, it's it doesn't like, have to be a nine to five. Yeah, I mean, it's just like but it's like job. I mean, like I would love to like be a famous singer or even just a singer that got paid enough to pay my bills. Like that would have been like my first choice. Um, I also would love to be a writer um, and write novels. Like I would just love to like live in like a cottage somewhere in England and write novels all day. That'd be fantastic. Uh, but neither of those are like a traditional nine to five. So as far as like a more, it's does this count a professor does yeah, that count a okay like i'm a like traditional job yeah matter. okay i don't think anybody works in nine to five btw because most people take an hour lunch and it's technically nine to six yeah but, <laughs> <laughs> like a, a yeah true a but yeah i mean i've i i actually path. do plan to be a professor like i want to go back to school eventually and finish my my because i'm not done with my bachelor's so i dropped out of college to start my business um, and so I've always wanted to go back and finish my bachelor's and then go get a master's so that I can be a professor one day when I'm older. Um, because it's just always, I don't know that vision. Like when I look at myself in the future, I look like just like an old black woman professor. That's what I see for myself. Like it's like an old black woman professor. I know you have in mind, but when anytime somebody says professor, I immediately think of like a tweed vest 
and herringbone and like all yeah. the things that I love about like prep that's wear. that's what I feel like yeah, I'm gonna wear and it's gonna be great. Like I feel I like it. I feel like I'm gonna have like an amazing wardrobe and knowledge to give to the youth the really and big, like fluffy white blouses with the fluffy sleeves. Yes, on, like a cute tweed jacket. Yes, with like some huge slacks. Yes, and some fancy shoes. Some yeah, shoes black and that's shoes. exactly. And so yeah, I've always I've always wanted to do that for. I mean, I've always just thought that like I would I mean, teach in some capacity. Her, I immediately just put a streak of gray hair in your head. Yep, I'll <laughs> say I, I, I definitely want to have like I want to go gray and, and all of that. That's what I think too. Like it'll be like partially. But yeah, I mean like even before like back when I was like 17, 18, like I knew that I wanted to do that. And when I worked in a school um for 5 years, everybody was like, "Oh, Christmas, you're going to make a great teacher one day, blah blah blah. Like we can't wait to hire you." And I was like, "No, no, no. I'm not trying to work in this school forever. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just here like for the moment, but I'm not trying to work in the school forever." And everybody thought that I was like working my way to become a teacher, but I was like, "No, but I do love teaching and I love uh, the idea of teaching more, but it's just, I prefer, like, what I like about college is that for the most part, not always, but for the most part, um, people are paying to be there and they want to be there. And the other, the other benefit is that when they're not, like, let's say they don't care, you can fail them because my husband is a teacher and I can tell you that he has given students D's and F's and had to explain and justify those D's and F's to his principal. And he will stand by them. He's like, no, this child didn't do work. I'm not giving them a passing grade. But he even worked at a school for a while that changed their policy and would not let them give any child less than a 50%. Even if the child turned in nothing, he was supposed to write 50 instead of zero. And he left that school because he was just like, no, like this is not right. Um, so yeah, so it's like, for me, I'm like, I would like, I would love the idea of like, if the kid doesn't want to be there, get them out. And then you just have the kids that love this and want to learn and want to grow. And you can have these great discussions and just, you know, help like give back and shape the minds of young people. And so. I think being a professor is a different, it's, it's not that it's more impactful, but it's definitely kind of like a lot of times the last stop before people are thrown into adulthood. Yeah. hundred percent on their own. And there's so many things that people don't think about. And I think that lifestyle education goes into being going into college this is whatever cinema I've never been so my, in my head from TV and movies and from yes. having friends that have degrees yes. to went to school and paid money uh, and have doctorates and things like that I think that's really what I've you know taken across also I realized when I was describing what you look like as a professor I was actually thinking about Storm from the X-Men Oh, I will take that. But she, like, wears, like, a, literally, that's, yeah. like, one of her, like, outfits is, like, this one, you know? I feel like that is more, like, I would be more like that. Like, I would come, like, a little bit extra every she's, day. she's, like, a little extra because she got yeah. that big white hair and, yeah. you know, Aurora and living her best life. So, Aurora, sorry, y'all. Um, <laughs> so, what would your job be? Uh, my job, like, okay, so Alternative I, universe Angelica alternative who has... Literally not alternative universe. Maybe, like, ten years when I decide to sell my business and, like, just live off the land and just get a job just to have a job because I don't think I will ever not be working live off the land girl where are you going is it a secret you go hide I would love to go to New Zealand I like it New Zealand for a couple of years I like it I want to live in Scotland for a few years so I'm I'm down we'll send each other like old school mail fantastic and we can meet midway go to South Africa yes girl yes speak it into existence um anyway (laughs) this is where my life like in my brain I'm like a character of a movie 
So I always say, like, my backup job, if I just, like, all fails tomorrow, I'm literally going in immediately and getting my yoga teacher training and being a yoga teacher. And I'd work for somebody else, and that's totally fine. I'd work for someone else's studio. I don't think I would want to own a studio just because I know people who own them, and it sounds really stressful. But I would show up with my, like, hipstery yoga life and my yoga bag and teach people I'm surprised that I didn't and, guess that you would say that because that's things. very obvious. Yeah. yeah. Um, I thought about for a little bit because I'm so into, like, like lifting heavy things into going into more of like a personal training thing, but I'm like, nah, fam, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> just because yoga, there's just so many different things, so many different ways, and that gives me an excuse to go to India and live for a couple years or maybe a couple months. Um, my second backup thing that I've recently been thinking about, just as a, like a, you know, like if I, if I went back to school or started school, what would I do? Because I always was like, oh, I'm going to be in, in you know, so my, my second backup plan is specific. I have, like, a lot of backup plans. So, <laughs> I, if David does not, like, if he, like, un- unfortunately, like, has a, a timely demise, and I need to make a bunch of money real quick, but I have some time, I'm going to be a mortuary. Like, I'm going into being, owning a mortuary, or I'm going to be, like, <laughs> I'm going to be a mortician. Like, it's literally all... I want in the back wow. of my heart, and literally I have no friends, and that's fine. <laughs> I've accepted that, but that is, a, there's something like, I, guys, I gotta, if you know me, and you don't know this about me, it's honestly like, I'm coffee. laughing and smiling so big right now, cause I'm because I'm just like, this I all makes so, so much sense, like, this is not, none of this is like, like, a surprise at all. Death, y'all. Also, by the way, I really like and respect, I don't want to say like I like, cause like, I mean, I don't want David to ever die, but I like that you guys have a plan because I think a lot of people, especially business owners, go into that sort of thing and like don't have a plan. Oh, girl, I have a plan for And like my, one of my cousins <laughs> is like, has like a very, like her, her mother died and she has like a very detailed like plan for, you know, God forbid anything happened to her. And yeah. I'm like, that's a, like, especially if you have children, yeah, you, you need to do that. You should please have a, like, yeah. if you don't, like if you have succulents, <laughs> yeah. uh, like uh, what was the thing I was going to say? If I had time, I was talking to David. I'm like, maybe I'll just go back to school and go and be a doctor. Cause I watch Grey's Anatomy and I'm like, I could do <laughs> I could be like Warren. Warren's older. He went back and he like went to school. He was like a uh, anesthesiologist, and he was like, you know what, Miranda, I'm gonna go back and I'm gonna be a surgeon. And I'm like, me. I could be Warren. I could do that. It's probably not true. And then like, oh, say like, thing, is 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 what they do on Grey's Anatomy like actual medicine? None of it. None of I'm it. I'm like, I'm pretty sure that most of what they do is have sex in hospitals. Probably. probably. <laughs> in, on, in the on-call room. That's literally all that happens. Uh, and, and they blow up all the time. The hospitals But you could do that. And it keeps blowing if up. If you can find that hospital, you could definitely be a doctor. Yeah, I, mean, I feel like it's a liberation. I have some stories about the hospital. Like, the people who work there. It's not as Grey's Anatomy, but it's close. Hospitals yeah. have some crazy stuff. And like my last, like I've this is my most recent thing about like if I have to go back to school for some odd reason and I don't have tenant but I just want to you know screw around kind of sort of in a career where I don't have to be super serious I would mm-hmm. go back and be an art teacher yeah I, I like, like I would I would consider being a music teacher that was the other thing yeah, I was gonna say because like, oh, okay, do like I don't teaching like teachers who teach like regular especially when you teach like elementary oh my gosh like you are saints i bow down to you you are impressive um i wouldn't want to do that but um to be like a music teacher that would be teacher of the arts or something would be great like if i could just do charcoals and teach like art and honestly when i look back at like school like at you know k through 12 my music teachers were really the ones that had the biggest impact on me and changed my life. Yeah. I liked my art teachers. Like I, I don't think that, um, like 
when I went into art, I wasn't as concerned about being the best, which is interesting because I knew that I wouldn't be, if that makes sense. So I think that creatively I was able to do a lot. Um, and I always did like well in art, but like music was really where I shined, but I did want to be the best and like not to be boastful, but sometimes I was, and other times I wasn't the best, but I was my best. Like I was always like, that's where I like, you know, I was a section leader when I was like in a younger grade and like all those sort of things. So it's like, I was always like very much in a leadership role in, in, um, choir and in show choir and that sort of thing. So that was just kind of just where I shine. And I, I can honestly say like, when I say that, please know that Outside of chorus, especially in high school, I was probably not cool. Like, I don't think anybody was like, hey, you know that girl, Charisma? She's super cool. Like, I don't think that that was the case at all. So while I shined in that room, that was, like, the only place that I felt at home on campus. Um, The rest of the classes, like... I took mostly honors classes and didn't have any friends in any of my classes. Like my friends had like regular classes and I didn't have that many friends anyways. Um, so I just spent like most any, any time that I could be in the choir room, I was in there. If I could go there for lunch when, on the days that I could, I went, if I could go there like on breaks or like I went there, that's where I just felt at home. Um, and anywhere else, like just didn't feel like quite right. So I feel like just being able to provide that sort of environment for somebody that is also awkward and not, yeah, Yeah. it would be, it would be great. And, and my, my middle school, um, like choir teacher just gave me a ton of confidence. Um, and that was awesome too. Partially because she was white and I was one of the few black kids in school. So that helped (laughs) when you're in a choir class and you're one of the few black kids. Like everyone is very impressed when I got to like to high school, it wasn't the same because it was a much more diverse high school, but But in middle school, she like, she pretty much like everybody, like everybody would just like, if when when we were going to do solos, like if there are three solos, like everybody would pick to go out for the one that I wasn't going to go for because they would be like, well, Kristen's going to have that one because, and my teacher was not correct, but she would tell me things like you sing like Whitney Houston. And I'm like, like, you don't know black people. Like, yeah. the, I just, like I'm a good singer. Do I sing like Whitney Houston? Absolutely like, not. Absolutely not. I don't even know if I could outsing her then, though. I mean, she was still Whitney. You know what yeah, I'm saying? So no, it's like, she just had, my teacher had not met black people, but it God was definitely a confidence boost. Good for her. Good for her. So, like, what is your alternative career, please, to do? Yeah, I would love to know. It's very, it's also interesting to see, like, what you do, what your business is, and then, like, if What's that the, correlates yeah. to, you know, what you would actually be doing. I think for us it makes a lot of sense because I think with our jobs we're constantly learning and constantly growing, and the fact that we both think about possibly teaching, that right. makes a lot of sense, you know? I mean, so, I do it anyway. I do it next. Like, exactly. Really? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I'm, I'm interested to see um, what some of you all think about that and what your jobs would be. Please. So, Alternative universe if we uh, don't own businesses. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, leave us a reading, leave us a review, let us know what you think about the episodes, what people that you want us to shout out or talk to about them possibly being on the show. There's so many different things that are happening in the world right now, so I'm sure everybody's like getting into back to school if you have kids, but you know, just, just get in touch. Yes, Instagram us, Twitter, tweet. Facebook, all those things. We're at Heart Hustle Pod on Twitter and everywhere else. We're at Heart and Hustle Podcast. And then use that hashtag, Boss So Hard. Show us what you are up to. We want to see, we want to comment, we want to know where to find you. So use it and we will come seek you out and see what's going on in your life. So we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.